0: Welcome to One Move at a Time, the US Chess podcast that explores people and organizations who are advancing our educational mission to empower people, enrich lives, and enhance communities through chess. Our goal is to give you ideas and methods you can use in your own community to help you build chess in your area, one move at a time. Make sure to listen to our family of US Chess podcasts, which include cover stories with Chess Life on the first Tuesday of each month in which Chess Life editor John Hartman goes more in-depth with each month's cover story, Ladies' Night, which drops on the third Tuesday of each month and that is hosted by our women's program director, Jennifer Shahadi, and on the fourth Tuesday of each month, Chess Underground, hosted by our assistant director of national events, Pete Carianis in which he examines the game's eccentricities, peculiarities, and theoretical novelties. All can be found at the podcast link on Chess Life Online at uschess.org, or by subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Now, let's welcome our guest to this month's podcast. Welcome to the February edition of One Move at a Time. Our guest today is FIDE Master Wesley Wang, who, along with his brother Warren Wang, founded the nonprofit Chasanity in 2014, which has a mission to teach and promote chess among K-12 students around Long Island, New York, to build self-esteem and cognitive outreach. Wesley has a peak rating of 2441 and has been silver medalist at both the 2019 North American Youth Chess Championships in the Under-18 Open and at the 2016 North American Youth Chess Championships in the Under-12 Open. He has been a member of the All-America Chess Team from 2016 through 2020 running and a member of the 2016 and 17 U.S. Amateur Team East Championship teams. This just briefly touches on his many and varied chess achievements. On top of this, he is an accomplished badminton player and aspiring filmmaker. Welcome to One Move at a Time, Wesley Wang.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be
0: here. Thanks, Dan. No, you're welcome. And so I'm going to get right off to my very unoriginal question of how did you start in
1: chess? well, my, my brother played for a while. He's also pretty competitive. He started sandy with me, um, and he's like, I don't know, 2,200 still now. Um, so he started playing, and I just, my, I don't remember, because I was like four or five when I started playing, but my dad always tells me stories about how he started, and I was apparently just very eager to learn all the time, and I always saw my brother playing, and I was just jealous, so... Um, my dad pretty much taught me from
0: there on. Is your dad a player himself?
1: Yeah. He's, he's like 14 on 15 He plays at my
0: like, amateur TV sometimes. You know. And, and I'm curious when you've got uh, two such talented brothers, how, how old, much older is he than you? He's four years
1: older, yeah. four
0: years older. And your rating is about rough, just roughly just under 200 points higher than his. Um, but I'm wondering with brothers, does the 200 points, uh, uh just vanish, and you guys are essentially equal. <laughs> no, i when you're playing each when you're playing each well, other. Well,
1: I always consider myself better, <laughs> but no, uh, no. We <laughs> we we play sometimes like blitz at home, like not not much anymore. But uh, we used to just play like I don't know ten game series sometimes, and I, I'd always edge you out at the end. You know, uh, it's just. Uh, but it's like a friendly competition, like no hard feelings. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, considering the two of you started a nonprofit that has to do with chess, chess has obviously had great meaning to you in your life. Uh, talk about what chess has meant to you in your life.
1: Right. It's meant, it's meant a lot. I mean, especially now because I'm trying to go for this filmmaking route of kind of stuff chess and filmmaking is is also done in very, very tough, obviously. But um, chess has kind of taught me the the competitive level of the competitive nature of chess is extremely difficult when you like it gets exponentially more difficult as you go higher and higher and um you really can't underestimate the amount of work you got to put into and it's not just work but it's just pain you know because because i mean just, just getting getting good at anything is painful but it's part of the process and uh it helps me for for learning how to deal with it for filmmaking like um there's this guy named stanley kubrick he was a very good director. Um, fantastic movies but he uh he he when he started out he started playing chess and like watching Square park he was like we estimate he was like 1900 or something and and he said that was like one of the big um chess was a huge because it, it teaches you discipline you know especially and how to think ahead so and um just sanity was obviously uh we wanted to we, we believe these are core values you know so we wanted to instill these in a lot of uh kids along the long island and it's a lot of different places now.
0: Now, so how old are you and where do you go to school now?
1: Um, so I am 16 and I go to school in Jericho High School.
0: That's that's in Long Island, I assume.
1: Yeah, Long Island. And yep.
0: uh what, what, as an aspiring filmmaker, do you hope to go to film school in
1: college? Right, yeah, that's one thing we're debating because I'm a junior and and we're not 100% sure which college we I want to go to. We're thinking harvard or a scholarship to usc but um those are that's like if if all goes wrong i probably usc film school might be our best bet because yeah, you know, i mean everything happens in, in los angeles so
0: ah but there you've got nyu film school very close to you
1: right that's true i don't know i've uh i've been to like new york film academy which is it's just great it's a great program it's just like i want to be somewhere else you know what i'm saying i don't know I just, I don't know. L.A. seems fun. And I've never been, which is really surprising. I've been to like Greece and whatever for chess, but it's just L.A. seems like a cool place, you know. It's always glamorized in movies, so.
0: So this wasn't on my question list, but um, I'm, I'm interested in film, too. So I'm, I'm curious, what do you think, what's your favorite, yeah well, let's not say chess movie, let's say what what's your favorite scene in a movie, whether it's about chess or not, that in, that involves chess?
1: That involves chess.
0: Yeah, favorite, a favorite individual scene. For example, there's a famous scene. Um, oh, I, I was, I'm was i drawing a blank on the name of the movie, but it can be a movie that has nothing to do with chess, but has a chess scene in it.
1: Right, yeah. There's. A, I mean, I could, because Kubrick, the guy I was talking about, he, he has chess in a lot of his movies. And uh, there's a scene in two, I don't want to space out of it, which is fantastic. I mean, it's not a particularly memorable scene, but Hal 9000, which I don't know if you know, it's like a famous movie villain. And he kind of, he plays like one of the humans in chess and it kind of spawned that whole ai era of like um you know kasparov versus deep blue in 97 like the whole question of will 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 computers take over and in that movie how beat um the, the protagonist in a, in a really cool manner it, in a, like a human fashion manner which is like a cool checkmate kind of meeting that
0: stuff so, mm-hmm. was- yeah no that that's definitely a good one uh and yes i i'm definitely a kubrick fan and in, in fact my family is my Cousin has named his Labrador retriever Stanley. Uh,
1: um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm huge, yeah, I'm a huge Cooper fan too for a long time.
0: So uh, let's let's get to the main topic at hand, which is Chess Sanity, your, your nonprofit that you and your brother run. Um, how did you go about founding it? What, what was the impetus for it?
1: Right. So we started private less. I mean, I was interested in teaching um, from like when I was 10, which is weird, because uh, I was always like I want to teach kids, and I was I was I was like twenty one hundred by then already. So, and my my parents were, were like weirded out by it because I didn't even want pay or anything. You know, <laughs> usually it's like you know it's a way to, for money, but I was just like I just want to teach kids. So then there was like a demand at the time because in Long Island, there's just like six year olds. Basically, I I can only teach like six year olds because I was like ten. You know, you can't teach. You know, you have a limited range of people you can teach. So I was teaching six year olds for like like ten dollars an hour, but it was all cool because. It was private lessons and then it, it kind of grew because it was more demanding and um we decided to incorporate into a group lesson and my brother was also teaching other kid at the time so we just did a group lesson and the first group um i remember was like Rand, there was like liran there uh ellen there's uh, i'm forgetting a bunch of names but lisa i think and they're all very strong now i mean i mean liran is it was i think at the time the youngest national master in, 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 in chess history um and I think i broke it. broken. I'm not sure, but uh, you, you probably know better than I do. But um, and then and Ellen is like 2000 for for a, I think she's like 12 years old, 13, maybe for a girl that's very, 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 very good. And um, yeah, and Lisa's like 1600 or something. So from the first class, we had a, we had a very strong
0: you know, I'm I'm going to interrupt you real quickly, sure. he, lest I get uh, lashed by a wet noodle by our uh, women's program director Jennifer Shadi. I think you said something you didn't quite mean. You said she's that's very good for a girl, but you you mean relative to girls' ratings? That's that was very good.
1: Yes, yes, my bad. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean this to sound <laughs> any anything, but like you know, it's like it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Relative to you know, in her age group, it's like she's still very high.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to make sure that people heard what you meant to say. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, So, what are the accomplishments of Just Entity that you're most proud of?
1: We've we've done a lot recently regarding uh, like national stuff because it's all over online, so it's much easier to stretch to other places. And um, because, but usually our, I think consistency, honestly, if I was to be honest, because it's not like we had a thing where we just, did, we just started a nonprofit for college, you know, was just like one year, you know, like one year ago, I started this thing and just grinded on it. But it was kind of this thing where I started since I was like 10 and we, we had a genuine passion for it. And um, we did Friday nights, like for like at least three years. And then, you know, like our monthly chess tournaments, which started, um, it's, it's our, I it's said like 30th. Tournament. And it was in March of last year because COVID you can't do it in person, but it was always in Long Island. And we started out in New Jersey and everything, but moved to Long Island. And uh we've had it, we've never stopped doing it. You know, it's a thing where and there's always always a consistent um turnout and everything. So it's I'm proud of the fact that we managed to keep like and there's new generation just coming in and in, and there's more people interested. it's, it's fantastic. I love seeing you know, people interested in chess. And one of the uh, initiatives I saw uh,
0: that you guys have done is called Everyday Chess. What is, what is that all about?
1: Right. Everyday Chess is, um, we we started this, is that, I I don't know the, the exact name of that. Um, is it just the free beginner program that we started?
0: Um, I, That's the, my only note here was that.
1: Okay. Yeah. I guess it's the free beginner program. I'm not sure the, the name that, that you put up, but. Uh, I don't think it's okay. Maybe maybe it is called that, but it, I always knew it.
0: Oh, here here's 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 my more lengthy note. It just says in October we spearheaded one of our most ambitious right, initi- right. initiatives to date: Everyday Chess.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's the beginner. That's the six week beginner program. Um, yeah, that was uh, we we set up this this course. Uh, it was a free program and it was open to everyone. And over I think around three hundred eighty people signed up, and um, and we basically had teachers from all over the country uh like like classic students uh, me evelyn who's uh who's um she's my classmate and she's she's a woman's international master so, so and we had also paris just a bunch of strong chess players and they would teach every single day of the week except for saturday so aria would take sundays luca would take mondays i would take tuesdays and, you know so forth and we basically taught starting from beginners. It was just from the root up and it was all online and we would get like a hundred people each time just tuning in. So it was, it was great over Zoom.
0: And you also wrote that for the future that you're hoping to provide a, a national and even a global presence for students through use of digital technology. What are your, what are these future plans?
1: Right. So we discussed a lot of these things um, of, of, uh, like for example, this beginner program we want to take to the next level because we saw it was it was exceeded our expectations a lot. But we saw this kind of thing where it was um, where a lot of people were interested in. Okay, where do we go now? You know, because after we did six week program, you know, like w- we, you know you can't learn everything in chess there is. You know, what I'm saying so we thought of doing it on a larger scale, uh, seven days seven days a week, um, all seven days, and then we would do beginner programs like not begin like starting out but you know 600 u 600 and u 1200 so basically this thing where we just go larger in scale and and with with variety of players from different strengths you know that kind of thing we're also thinking of doing a youtube channel where i would teach um like these two minute clips basically of starting out with like a night how a night moves like a master class kind of thing you know of uh that kind of course but you know, we, we were thinking of doing it February, at least the other idea of, of doing another six week program, but a more ambitious one. And so, you know,
0: as you are looking towards expanding so much, how, how many people just in Long Island would you say you've reached?
1: It's hard to estimate at, at least 1,500 students. It's mostly students because still adults come definitely, but it's definitely mostly students. I'd say at least 1,500 because of just the tournaments and the lessons that we've taught. Um, Worldwide, I mean, nationwide, probably close to 2,500. Definitely schools is our most important because we had this adopt-a-school program where we donate sets with the money that we got from group lessons and and tournaments because we started gaining profits in tournaments starting from like the fifth one or something. And uh, like the business model, we changed it. But anyway, um, yeah, like 300 probably like around 300 schools, over 130 districts around. And um, last year, it was just 80 schools and 30 districts. But this year, we expanded to 300 and over 130. So um, pretty nice. Definitely. Well, talk about
0: the process of uh, aiding underprivileged schools. Uh, you said your school, your high school is in a fairly well-to-do area and has right uh, access to good resources how do you approach a, a school that you want to get into is it do you have to approach an individual principal is it uh, a school board
1: right yeah don't be shy i mean that's like the main thing i've learned cuz we would just send out emails to the, super, the the principal we first get a list of all the emails of schools that we 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 believe that would benefit from this program and we have asked them, "Do you have a club? Do, do, do you do do you need chess sets? Do you you know who's interested? Are you guys interested in starting a club?" And from that, we'd gather all these kind of things. Where U.S. Chess is a great kind of uh, thing where they sell um, like pack like like packages of of uh, if you if you if you buy them in bulk, they're cheaper. You know what I'm saying? So you buy like chess sets and books. Like Bobby Fisher teaches chess is like the classic one. So we just buy those and we'd send them off immediately to the schools, and it'd be. And um, I mean, it's all just—it's all—it's—it's it's really not too difficult if you just put in, like, if you—if you just—if you—if just, you, if you have a passion for it, you'll be able to do it. You know, like you can benefit these kind of communities. And we go to the board of education and talk there sometimes, and we do simuls and um, blindfold chess there to like engage the kids more. Um, but from then on, they they have this kind of passion for it. Just whoever wants to start a club, they start a club and they they have chess sets and they can just do whatever they want with them. You know? So
0: And you also had mentioned that you are looking to to kind of use this as a way to get chess as part of the core curricula in various school systems. Have have you had any breakthroughs on on that score?
1: No, that is that is probably gonna take a while because I mean the, the, the education system in general is just such a Like it's hard to change, you know, for for a variety of different reasons. But incorporating chess, I know in Armenia they've done that and they've had it mandatory in some schools. But in in America, it's it's just too it's hard to mandate something like chess in in schools. But um, definitely, hopefully, in the future, we we can achieve that
0: for sure. Now it. When I was 16 years old, I I don't think I even really knew what a nonprofit organization was or meant. I'm sure I'd heard the term, but what that meant legally, I'm sure I was clueless. And, you know, it's not simple to set up a nonprofit. Tell tell our listeners what you've learned about the process of setting up a nonprofit and maybe give some pitfalls that they might be able to avoid and learn from your experience.
1: Um, Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. My dad had to set that up because I'm... I'm legally, like, I don't know much about the legal standpoint. Like, he managed all the, I have to give a lot of credit for him for managing the legal standpoint of this. I don't know how to set up a 401c and how to, you know, manage that kind of account. But all I know is that a nonprofit, obviously, you, know, you can't take out any of the money. It's all for this cause, you know what I'm saying? So it's a very, um, but it's a difficult process. I know that for sure. It's not easy to get approved, but um, I, I'm sorry, I can't give you any tips to
0: no that that's okay. I actually, I actually feel better about my own 16 year old. now. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, I was just as cool as you. Definitely. All
0: right. um, so this is, sounds like it may be a family um, initiative and project. How besides you and your brother do, are both of your parents involved in this and anyone else?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, well, our brother, me and my brother definitely do most of it, but our, my dad, yeah. I mean, my dad is a huge part of it. My mom also contributes to a lot of the ideas. Like she, she was one who um, had this idea of um, doing something so ambitious during the pandemic. Um, And then we kind of uh, took initiative on that, but it was, um, yeah, it's a whole family thing. It's, it's great. I mean, couldn't be better to to have your family as collaborators, right? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of the pandemic, uh, we've talked a little bit already about the digital aspects of, of just sanity, but uh, are there any real key aspects of your organization that you had to pivot 180 degrees to, uh, absorb the impact of COVID.
1: Right. I mean, pretty much because chess is, I mean, chess, the good thing about chess is it can be done online a lot easier than other tournaments, um, like sports, for example, contact sports, but it's, it's still, you lose the vibe, you know, that you get from in-person tournaments and especially chess in the park, which was a fantastic event. I mean, one of my favorite parts about chess sanity is definitely chess in the park where we'd have, um, it was, it's in, it's set up in Great Neck. We'd use the park in Great Neck and, um, we'd, it would, we just send out flyers. Whoever wants to come can come and we'd, you know, give out cash prizes and, uh, it would be blitz, bug house, all the fun stuff. Usually it's on a Sunday, like the second week of September. Um, and, and it would just, it would just be really fun because a lot of people would come like last year. It was like 160 people no, last year, not, not 2020, but 2020 we, we obviously couldn't do that so we, we had to um we had to pivot to we, we kind of did this um Chessani connected thing which is like people could send in any videos of themselves playing chess or not playing chess but it would just be from the chess community in long island so it's kind of like i still kind of work, work together you know in that kind of sense and i edited it because you know I, I do filmmaking so it was it was fun for sure still
0: and I saw that just during the Thanksgiving season last year, that you took in over twenty five thousand dollars in donations. So people are definitely responding to uh, what you guys are doing.
1: Right? Yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, for the last four years, we've had this um, giving, um, giving, what's it called? Giving, uh, giving Thanksgiving or something like that. And we we just. It would be open, and I mean, it's such a like because this is the only way we kind of run. I mean, we make some money off tournaments and and chess lessons, but it's nowhere near enough to to support all the chess sets that we're bringing in and all the all the money that we're giving out. So this is obviously, I, I that's how every nonprofit kind of stays on the ground. So it's just it's just absurd to think about that, that much money. Um, yeah, and and some companies would match it too. Like our include them on our sponsors page because. In in Thanksgiving Day, some companies have this like they match like half the value that you give to that nonprofit. You know, so that was that was really nice. So,
0: you know, uh, most people find it difficult to have success in just you know one area. And I I, I view someone who cracks twenty four hundred rating barriers, having had a great deal of success, and you've won national championships but you you know also like badminton and filmmaking i'm i'm curious has has chess informed how you play badminton and go about filmmaking which is a competitive industry or has one of the other more has it been the other direction and it's influenced your chess playing
1: well chess started first before those by far and i've spent for now i mean badminton is a is is a, is a hobby more or less it's more of a thing I do with my friends for fun, and um, but I think filmmaking probably was the most informed. As I said, it was very like the competitiveness. You know, I learned a lot about how how you have to deal with losses and, and stuff like that in filmmaking. For, from chess, I mean. So yeah, chess is a chess. You might not realize it, but it, it really helps it informs your real world understanding. You know, of 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 even psychology. You know, and how how people play chess you know something you can pick up on cues that that you know a player is feeling uncomfortable with their with their position or they're not liking their position like these kind of things they matter you know like there's books been written on just chess psychology which is a weird thing but you you kind of get a sense of how people act and uh, how people in competitive situations you know so
0: and I've, I've mentioned many times on this, on this show, how many chess players play tennis, but you're the first one I think that's played Batman.
1: Right. Yeah. So I, I used to play tennis, but I don't know. I, I just.
0: <laughs> okay. There you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like Batman better. I don't know.
0: Does you does your uh, high school have a chess team?
1: Yes. It's, it's one of the strongest in the country for sure for, uh, because ten, in 10th cause I'm an 11th grade now. Me, Evelyn, and um, and Josh Dog, who because nationals they have a three person team, so we'd go there. It was, and we've won multiple times. I mean, I can't give you the number, but we've won a lot of times for our school. And we'd also go on uh, trips to uh, to like Greater New York and stuff. It's, it's a tournament hosted in in, in New York, where uh, same thing, you know. And it would also be, and our whole high school is strong. Like in our senior year, we have William and Andrew. Uh, Evelyn is twenty two hundred. Um, William is twenty one hundred. Andrew is nineteen hundred. Josh Dong is eighteen fifty or something like that. So our, uh, we have a very strong team, and it's always a, it's, it's it's just it's just fantastic. I mean, it's it's very lucky too that that all these guys came in at the same time. Um, Starting from my brother's era, uh, Jericho has been always a powerhouse for chess talent. You know, Lee Rand's coming up from like even like sixth grade now. Um, just a bunch of uh, Jericho chess players, and we go to Great New York and. Uh, actually, last year, Pusang um, sponsored the Grand New York, so we I, I designed like uh, these, um, these sweaters. So we'd wear them. It's like Jericho chess, and it's actually pretty cool. We all wore them, and like the principal wore them too. It's kind of this team spirit thing, you know. And um, mm-hmm. just the elementary school, our middle school, and our, our high school are some of the strongest in the country.
0: Yeah. Well, um, as we're recording this, you you probably have not seen this announcement because we only just made it. Uh, an hour or so ago, but we have had to cancel Super Nationals seven due to COVID restrictions. Um, but for, I, I'm glad to hear that you still have a senior year to go, and, and you'll still get a spring nationals in, in 2022. Uh, let, let's talk a bit about Scholastic Chess and, and what it's meant meant to you. What are some of your favorite memories of playing Scholastic Chess through the years? Um,
1: wow, a lot of great memories. I mean. Um is probably the last round stuff because it's so intense you know like like it's it's just exhausting man like nationals and super nationals like super nationals was, was really really fun i mean yeah chess has brought a lot of good memories i mean i mean super nationals was fantastic i mean because it's once every four years so you really got to cherish that and it's and it's at this fantastic resort in, in tennessee um and well it moved to florida i believe, right but um even there is...
0: Oh, no, th- this this year it still was going to be at um the Gaylord in Team mm-hmm. Nashville.
1: Uh, I, I see. Yeah, but it's... it's Yeah, Gaylord Resort is, is incredible. And I remember we used to go on like... I was a little kid, so I didn't know much. So we just... I I'd just screw around in the islands and just have fun. You know, it was like a... And and like last round, I always remember because, you know, it would be like everyone was like at the top. Like we'd all be discussing tie breaks and all that stuff. And like, you know, team tie breaks as well because, you know, Jericho is always at the top. And, and we'd always... Be competing with the top players and uh i remember because i love how it's set up because you know you got board one and then you got like the board at, at the top and then you i don't know as you just walk around you see your other you know players i scholastic tournaments always they're a lot more fun than like norm tournaments you know to be honest because norm tournaments is just so much more grueling you know and it's so much more uh i i, I used to go to norm tournaments i never succeeded obviously i only have one i am norm that's from uh north american youth but i remember going to North tournaments and it just was so so uh so much more serious the vibe because everyone's like that's like real stuff right there i mean obviously you know scholastic same same kind of real stakes but um i don't know everyone the kid and it's just so much more fun i guess going to class tournaments yeah
0: did you ever play on an international team for the u.s
1: yeah well uh, the olympiad uh u16 olympiad that was probably the best chess experience of my life just because you know obviously i mean it's the olympiad team and you got to play against like Uzbekistan. You, you know you have like abdusakarov and you've got uh Sindorov, who i actually beat surprisingly i beat Cinderov because he blundered a queen um that game was covered on u.s chess actually and it was funny one of the comments was like um these these, these kids wouldn't feel i mean these guys wouldn't be out of place at like uh, a kindergarten tournament. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was genuine. Um, but, I mean, yeah, obviously it was a terrible blunder that he made, but um, I would have lost probably because he's a GM. He's like the second youngest ever. And I got to see, uh, what's Perugia Alireza there as well. who's uh, Now he's like, I mean, he's playing with Carlson and the other guys. but yeah, it's a lot of fun that, that tournament. Where was that Olympiad? Greece. In, oh wait, no, sorry, sorry. Uh Turkey, Turkey in um Kanya. Yeah, it was in Kanya. We stopped by in Istanbul first and toured there for a few days. And I met one of my camp friends actually there. And then we went from for filmmaking, New York Film Academy. Um I mentioned that earlier, I think. And then yeah, and then we went to Kanya and uh and it was a great team experience. So we had me, David, Hans, Achita, and forgetting one more, Josiah. Yeah, and they're all homeschooled. Actually, my pride as a student is that I, I, was, I was the only one on that team that was never homeschooled. So. Okay,
0: yeah, no, that 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 does say something uh, about it, and in, in the, in the strength. And yay for public schools, right? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, are you? Uh, do you have any IM norms of your own?
1: Yeah, one from uh, the because New York, I mean uh, the World Youth Chess Championships. Uh, no, North American Youth Chess Championships. I got silver for U sixteen. And, uh, they give them, they give a norm to the silver and I was so close to winning gold and that still pisses me off to this day because if I won gold, I would've got the norm. I guess it's not like a per se like legit norm, but still, I mean, it's a norm. Can you take, I mean, I mean, I mean title, title, Sorry, uh, gold would be a title. And then, um, oh. yeah, so I missed it by half a point on tie and it was funny because tie are just so up to luck. Right. I mean, if there's this one game where, I mean, if my opponent beat. The unrated in the last round then i would have won you know because i would have won on second tiebreak. but nah he didn't so but whatever
0: so, so. is getting right so it, are getting those last two im norms a goal of yours or is it just um, oh if it happens it happens
1: possibly after uh probably second half of senior year after i finished all college apps and stuff but now probably not yeah i'm just gonna play tournaments for fun mostly now
0: and you know, at the very beginning, I, I read off a very partial list of your chess accomplishments. I I, I even left off some of your national championships. Uh, I'm I'm curious, what chess accomplishment are you most proud of?
1: Um, maybe amateur team East, maybe or being all American for like five years in a row. I mean, it's just consistency, I guess. And also because amateur East, we we, uh, we we repeated, which is which is pretty crazy. And it was the thing where. Uh, the first year is me, Ethan, and Henry and Warren, and uh, I was playing board four. And then the second year, I was playing board two, and we replaced Henry with Jason because we were all too strong at that point. So, but it was a uh, first time in history, um, or maybe second, I'm not sure. Second time in history that someone has ever repeated, uh, you know, amateur teams. So,
0: and that first year, you went on to win the, uh, the national playoff, correct?
1: Right. Yes, we did.
0: Yeah. Uh and that that led to a chess life cover, if I remember correctly.
1: Right. Actually, no, the chess life cover was just right. Actually, yeah. I think that led to the chess life cover. I, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I, I'm we've covered a lot of territory here. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with
1: that we didn't get to bring up? I don't know. Keep keep playing chess, guys. I mean, it's, it's just just keep going. You'll 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 make it. Um I yeah. I don't know what else to say.
0: Okay. Well, if people want to find out more about Chess and if they want to reach you directly, uh, tell them how to do that.
1: Right. Well, chessanity.org um, you can go to. And um, our, our email is just chessanity at yahoo.com. Ask us any questions. Feel free to reach out. You know, let me know how you're doing. I always respond, you know. So
0: yeah well great well wesley thank you very much for joining us on this february edition of one move at a time and good luck with the future endeavors and the f- uh, potential film career and i give a a, a wholehearted uh, endorsement to your kubrick love <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much Dan. i really appreciate it and i i I'd, I'd love to be on here yeah it was, it was great
0: okay take care bye-bye bye Thank you for joining us on this edition of One Move at a Time, which always drops on the second Tuesday of each month. Our theme music was composed by National Master Alex King of Memphis, Tennessee. Our podcasts are produced and edited by Jason Andre at Seven Season Films, Photography and Media. Please visit www7 to find out how to start your own podcast. Our sister podcasts at U.S. Chess are Cover Stories with Chess Life on the first Tuesday of each month, Ladies Night, hosted by Women's Program Director Jennifer Shahadi on the third Tuesday of each month, and on the fourth Tuesday, Chess Underground, hosted by our Assistant National Events Director Pete Kariannis. I hope that you've learned something of value that you can now use to help build chess in your own community. We'll be back next month with another Chess World personality who is helping us advance our mission statement to empower people, enrich lives, and enhance communities through chess.